Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of Bliss is Ignore Podcast. I'm comedian Jay Bliss. And uh, this week, man, I got another fire guest on with me, man. Um, a brother I had a pleasure to meet uh, back in the day, very briefly, at the uh, Freestyle Funny Comedy Show up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Then I was able to cross paths with him again uh, at the NBC stand-up uh, competition or whatever they was calling it at the time. Um, but I was able to follow this brother all the way through like social media and just be able to cross paths with the same type of comedian. So I know him um, through social media and through comedy, uh, the comedy fraternity itself. So I'll give it up for Sidney Castillo. Uh, what's yo, up, man? What's going on, man? Hey, you know, as you was talking, it's like, I never went to college like that, right? I went to college like just for a little bit. So uh-huh. I didn't experience like a frat, right? And comedians right, right, right. and comedy is the closest thing I would assume what a frat would be because you don't have to know frat. You just do your little handshake. You know, okay, you know all the rules. Right. And like with, with comedy, it's the same. It's like, you don't have to know me. It's like, oh, man, you do comedy and we black. So it's like, what's up, bro? And you just start talking. You're like, all right, bet. Right. From Evermore. That's when you came my DM. You're like, what's up, man? It's Bliss from, man, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I, you know what? I never thought of it that way. Um, but that's that's funny that you say it's like a fraternity. Because some people don't know the rules, but but we're quick to check somebody that don't know the rules. Like yo, yep. like stop doing time after the headliner, like or like, like that whole phasing process. <laughs> My homegirl just started calling me bless her heart. I love her to death, right? Uh-huh. She like she's Cynthia. She's got big online following. She started doing stand up, and so I let her uh, do a spot in Addison when I was headlining, or whatever. And the light, we gave her the light, and she just kept going. In her mind, it was. No, you you do till you're done with what's on the paper. I was like, oh no, baby. See, you got a set amount of time, and you cannot, you can't go over because. And she just didn't know. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, no, no worries. Somebody got to explain it to you, but you know, it's funny how some people get past that, and some people never get past that. Like some people, yeah. they they put themselves in, in a bit in a, in a hole, and they don't realize how they can't get out of it because number one, like they show up late all the time, or. Mm. They run the light and they get known for those type of things and it's just difficult. Um, where did you where did you originally start doing comedy? Uh let's see, when I was nineteen, I was like twenty years old, I did at an open mic in Texas in Fort Worth in a bar. And that was like me just okay. like on a whim at a place I worked. I worked like an acting class studio style. And they said, You should try stand up. So I tried it and they were like, All right, that was fun, but I never I was like, I'm going to act, you know, I'm going to do some other shit. So when I moved to L.A. is when I started. Like, two years after I really moved to L.A., like at 23, where, like, I went to Ha Ha Cafe, got on stage, went back the next day to get on stage, and was like, all right, this, this is what I'm going to do. You know what really? I mean? And it only started, to be honest with you, dog, I ain't trying to, like, talk a lot, but because I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. At first, I wanted to be a funny actor like Will Smith. Like, all right, cool. And then cracking jokes was like, wait, you could – so what's stand-up again? Like, I've seen it, but, like, how do you do it? And so I go, I would literally, for six months, watch stand-up. Right. I watched it. I paid the two drinks. Every Sunday, I was at Chocolate Sundays. I used to bring right. some of the waiters with me. Like, yo, it's a comedy show. Y'all. And watch. And then some waiter in L.A., his white boy, was doing comedy. And he had the whole, the restaurant was, like, loving him. I was like, I want to do this. Oh, this is what the fuck I'm going to do. All right, baby. Right, right. Yeah. So you was 23. You had already moved to L.A., but your idea was... I want acting. Yeah. Acting. acting. I, I was. I remember going around. And in my comedy was like things. It was like you know what it was. 
acting was hard to get auditions. I'm six four. I was doing like drop offs, like at the casting workshops. They're like, yeah, all right, cool. I just got back from like hoping, like, all right, this, this acting thing was all right, but like instant gratification. There's like try stand up. I was like, all right, cool. And then some people do stand up just to get back in acting. When I did stand up, I was like, yo, I love this way more than acting. Like I love right. acting. Like I love performing. But like, and I just never went back. It was never a thing. Like I'm gonna use this to get in acting, right? right? It was just like I'm gonna use this because I'm better at this than basketball. Like I could right. see myself. I knew. At basketball, the ceiling. Right. And I was like, damn, my weight. I could be way better at this than basketball. I just got to dive everything into this. So right. I looked at it like fucking school, bliss. Right. Every Two two times a week. Tuesdays, a guy, Tory host at the Comedy Store. Chris Spencer hosted Chocolate Sundays. That's two drinks per show on Sundays, plus buying <laughs> two tickets. And then Chris Spencer, Chris Spencer finally said, hey, I used to wear a Texas windbreaker to let people right. know I was from Texas. He said... Hey, man, I see you all the time. I said, yeah, man, I want to be a comedian. I'm a comedian. I don't want to open mic. He goes, you paid to get in here? I said, every show. He goes, okay, stop paying to get in. Tell him you're a comic. I said, what that mean? He's like, that mean you get in free. I was like, say word. And he's like, for real. I was like, oh. Okay. You are, like, it, I'm 6'2". I'm you 6'4". It is a little difficult for us standing on stage. Like, you get on stage and it's like, you know, you, I didn't realize so many, how many comedians were short. Until like like I started seeing people, Man. you like <laughs> I'm like I feel out of place sometimes, especially like when I was starting out and I was hosting or I was featuring, mm -hmm. and the headliner be all small and I come out and I'm like yo and they're like I'm massive I'm taking up the stage and this headliner mm -hmm. come out he all small they're like yo that's a big dude right and I'm like who the big dude like I never was called a big dude like I picked up that grown man weight and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. I was the biggest dude in the room you know what I mean so it was like and that's what no one understands about like people like us like where I'm from. <laughs> Everybody like me, right? They like six two to six five, right. and I, this is grown man. I got on the road and got a little weight. I grew up skinny my life. I have a skinny niggas mentality. When you get involved with me or get upset, if I'm getting upset, I'm not getting upset at Sydney to six five like two fifty. Right. I'm upset like you bigger than me. You trying to punk me like I'm right. one ninety eight, two ten. Right. In my head, I gotta go there. Like, well, what's up? And you right. might be looking at me like, do your that's not in here. This right. is just because of life. And <laughs> here you try. And here go back to grade school. Oh, you right. trying to bully me? <laughs> right, right. I don't. I I get it more from people from college and people from high school. When they see me, they go, "Man, you picked up some weight." And I go, "Yeah, yeah." What? You know what I mean? Like, like and I go and I look and I go, "Yeah." To them, I look massive now. But like, but back then, yeah. I, was, I was a skinny dude. I was a skinny dude. Mm -hmm. I was a dude that you had to worry about, like. Skinny dudes was the dudes that we want. We'll start no mess, but be careful because you don't know what we yeah. got. You know what I mean, like, like you know, what kind of trauma we got? <laughs> you know, what kind of trauma we got at home? Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. I remember, I remember meeting you um, the first time we were at the Freestyle Funny, and I had just happened. I had B Dot on here before too, and we at and your your name came up like two times on my podcast. I was like, I gotta get this dude on here because uh, the last podcast I had, I had Lavar on. Um, I LeVar think, Walker? Yeah, I had LeVar Walker on my last That's episode. My, I love, I love LeVar. And then I had B Dot on here, and we were both talking about, um, you know, how a connection is with with uh, with the fraternity of comedy, and how you just meet people, and then they just rock with you just because of the grind and what you're doing and things like that. And I remember you being on stage and doing your set, and you did a joke that stood out to me to this day. It was so uncomfortable and such a great misdirection. 
when you talked about the fact that you grew up in a house with your mom and your dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you said, it was great. I was like, yo, I was yo. so. <laughs> yo, you know Rob Man? Yes. Rob Man. Yes. I remember telling that joke at the Laugh Factory years ago, dog. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like the incubus of it. Like, it was doing well. And I was like, all right, right. babe, and just sit, sit in the pocket of, like, owning it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I had, to, you know. He said, you know what's funny, bro? That joke is funny, but I didn't grow with it there, so it hurt a little bit. He said, so, <laughs> just so you know, it's people laughing, and it's people like, ass, sting, still sting. And I, I was like, oh, man. Dude, it was, it, it, and I think everybody's in the same, same space when that joke, because... Mm -hmm. You had friends that had both, but nobody ever spoke on it. <laughs> so there was, there was like, there was conversations where, you know, you might get in an argument with your boy, and if your boys be around, and like all your boys like got their dad, it was like one, two of them do, and you argue with the dude got his dad, but like, man, set your punk ass up, man. You know what I'm saying? Your, your whole complete ass household and shit. Everybody like laughing. <laughs> and you trying to make him feel bad. <laughs> trying to make him feel bad. His parents stuck together. And uh, you know, you you at home with your uh, you know, your mom who can't 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 stop arguing, like, no wonder we ain't dad ain't around here. <laughs> Listen, I remember telling that joke and people being like, Man, that's mean, that's mean. I was like, Oh, I gotta stay in it then. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make it more I gotta make it more mean. Make it more uncomfortable. <laughs> like 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 some people don't understand like the the, the the art of comedy is for not everybody to enjoy the joke. Like, it's yeah. not for everybody to enjoy. And I think when I first got into comedy, I had a misconception of everybody liking me. I wanted everybody mm -hmm. to like me. That's everybody, I think, though. Yeah, a little bit and, like you're trying to write to what's funny versus write to what's honest. What's honest, right. What's honestly yeah. funny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and then that'd be a great idea for a T-shirt. I'm honestly funny. Like, that like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was like, a, like one of those things. But I remember it stuck out in my mind. And I was like, yo, this dude is such a asshole for that joke right but then but then so he's listening to the rest of your set and then after that after that initial conversation you know i was able to kind of follow along see some clips on youtube from here and there and things like that i was like yo this dude got a, a different demeanor on stage i guess your demeanor on stage is very calming like it's very i'm not about to rah 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 you i'm gonna talk on a normal tone and I'm, list, not, man. I'm not gonna go up i'm not gonna go down and here's the jokes dog it's and that's because when I first started, and let me know if I talk too much, I used to put my hand on the wall and I used to talk in a cadence. I used to be like, I hate Bank of America. I can't stand Bank of America. Every time I go there, and da 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 And my boy used to be like, you don't talk like that. And I'd be like, yeah, but I'm getting them like basketball. I'm getting them hype. I'm, I'm like going for the dunk. I'm, I'm trying to get them to a crescendo. Like, ah, he's like, you ain't got to do all that. And so I finally was like, it took me like maybe five, seven years, dog, where I was like, Forget it, dog. I'm not the dude who's because you go up in front of behind somebody who's killing. They got all this energy. You think you got you gotta emulate it. Right. And then I remember Kev a long years ago, dog. He JB Smooth got a bunch of energy. And this is like in a club in LA where it's none, it's like in the Inglewood and JB's ripping it to shred, shreds, dog. I'm like 26 at the time, 27. And I remember Kev Hart was like, yo, he was going up. I said, yo, that's a lot of energy. And he's like, yo, dog, it don't matter. He said, because what you do is he go, you don't try to match it. You let it die down. And you stay in your pocket, and then you just slowly let them get to know you. And right. I was like, all right. And you just kind of, it's, it's uncomfortable because you used to, like, Dale Hughley, he goes at a rhythm on purpose. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like to sit there and, like, and then find different moments in the silence. 
like Patrice O'Neal to me was real good at that. Tell me and about that's like, it. I, well, I used to watch him and be like, when he explained the point, you, the punchline is in your head. He hadn't even said it. Like, what's your value, white lady? Like, your value. You see, they wouldn't. And as he, oh, this is funny. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, okay, bet. You know what I mean? Right. I do, I do a joke right now. Um, and it's one of the ones that I remember since the pandemic. I, I did two shows since the pandemic, and I felt uncomfortable both times. And I just think I'm shutting it down to the rest of the end of the year. Like, I don't think I'm going to take any more gigs because – Number one, it shows. Yeah, number one, it didn't feel right. Number two, the audience didn't give a damn about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I can't, I, responsibility wise, I can't do it. But there's a joke that I do that's so uncomfortable that I, I, I warn the audience about the next thing that's about to come out of my mouth. Like I say, the mm -hmm. next thing about to come out of my mouth, and I'll say, it's this person's fault. Like I'll, I'll bait the person in the audience to say, do y'all want me to go worse? Somebody always yell, I go words. I go, what's your name? They say, my, they say his name. I say, all right, the next thing come out of my mouth is his fault. And then I take a drink out of my drink. And I put the drink down. It's complete silence. And then I say it. And the whole crowd, like, flips upside down. Like, this shit is stupid. Like, and it's like, just like stuff like that. Like, when you have somebody that's high energy, and then you, you realize that you can get on stage and be silent. Let the music play for a while. Ronnie Jordan said something like, I let the music play for a while. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's I let like, it die down. You know what I mean? It's like, when you, it's like when you first walk into a shop, that barbershop, it's your store, right? Right. And you got you got to sweep up your station. Right. You know what I mean? You got to get this shit ready. And then right. it's presentable. So all that energy, it's going to organically let him have that. You know what I mean? D-Ray used to say some shit that was so smart, like psychologically, right? You could kill in front of D-Ray. You could kill in front of him. And he would say, he would get on stage, I'm sitting like, hey, yo, give it up. Hey, man, I'm be honest with you, he don't have the best set of the night, so just give it up to him right now. Don't let him have it. He don't have the best set of the night. I'm not even trying to, that nigga there. <laughs> and the, the crowd like, ah, and D-Ray slowly right hooked him to death. Right. Like, bah, right. bah. But he, he never competed, he never yelled. He stayed in his same D-Ray. He let him have his moment, and now it's time for my moment. That, right. Moment. It's like. Right. And it's like. But when you listen, but when you're young, when you first starting, you sew in your head. You like, damn. When I did Bad Boys of Comedy, I was 25. It was the first thing I ever did. Lil Rail, Lil Rail was going up. Lil Rail was killing, right? It was Lil Rail went up. Then it was Keith Keith from uh, Philadelphia. Keith Robinson. Right? Keith Robinson. Listen, yeah. the way the BAM Theater is set up is you're downstairs, and the ceiling is, you, is the stands. Like, right here, it's people. I'm next. It's my first thing on TV. Naeem Lynn, that's why we friends. Right. Me, this is why me and Naeem Lynn friends. I ain't know him like that. Right. right? They're stomping, Bliss. They're stomping. I turned around, dog. And I told Naeem, oh, I can't do this. I said, I, I, I only been doing comedy two years. I got literally 10 minutes. I can't, I can't. They, they're stomping for this nigga. <laughs> he said, he said, bro, they told you you're here for a reason. Right. He's like, so go out there and do your thing. That's right. the first thing me and Naeem ever had conversation. I was right. like, all right. Right. But then I went out there and I did the whole Brooklyn, what's up? Right. When they started, when they started clapping, that was just for me to be like, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> and then I got blessed because he said, "Give it up for Sidney Castillo." As he brought me to the stage, I was like, "Oh, he said my name wrong." Bless. I'm like, "Yo, what up?" Da -da 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 -da. The the director come out, cut, stop. We got to redo it again. To uh -huh. a dude who's nervous as hell. Uh -huh. what, you, what you mean? He said your name over. In my head, like, do that shit again, like, like. Yeah. I had to redo it, but yeah.
Wow. You and actually you could have did it after the after the taping, you know what I mean? But you know, it's like that's crazy. And that's that was your first TV ex, uh experience. Like was Bad Boys a comedy. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. And you said you was only doing comedy for two years at that point. Some people would have killed for something like that. Like it took I me know. it took me fourteen years before I got on TV. Like so it's like <laughs> Listen, when I tell you they found me on MySpace, and I tell people this, like, because it's true, I almost lost this opportunity because this is how I am. Somebody came in my MySpace inbox and was like, I think you're very funny. I'm casting for Bad Boy Season 2. And all I had on my MySpace at the time was a clip from, like, the Ice House. I literally, literally, on God, I sent her, I said, this isn't funny. I said, I've been doing comedy for a little long. Are you for real? And she hit me back, like, yes, my name is Naomi. She goes, I said, oh, wait, wait, wait. I said, man, whatever. Like, literally, like, she had to hit me and be like, nigga, I need a clip. <laughs> I took an Ice House set, and I took a Comedy Store set, both open mics, merged them together like they was one set, two different outfits, and sent it in like, all right, whatever. Right. And they said, you, book, you booked it. I was like, get the fucker, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, man, sometimes, sometimes, man, it, it's so, it don't make sense. You know what I mean? We ain't got to. Dude, I was telling people, I was like, yo, I, I um. I've never performed in front of more than 70 people. Wow. And Ian Edwards is my big brother at the time. Like, yeah, that's like, what you, we do. Yeah. You, going, I used to always be at his house. He used to teach me how to write, bro. Like, right. him, he used to introduce me everybody. He's like, you're going to be fine. Right. And when I got there and I saw all them people there, I told Ian, I said, I'm not, Ian was like, Sydney, I'm about to go up. So I need you to let me have my moment. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Just nervous. Like, I don't know what yeah. to do, dog. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's, man, that's dope. That's a dope experience though, man. Cause you just, you just don't know. I mean, it's like, um, the opportunities when they come, you just gotta be ready for them. And a lot of times, man, there's some people that have crashed and burned, but it's like, sometimes you just gotta, it's, it's like, I remember one of my boys making it this competition and they streamed it live. Like this was a huge, like Miller Lite or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he bombed. I mean, bombed. <laughs> he ate it. Right. And his his next post, like right after happened, was what that that didn't go as expected. <laughs> and somebody was like, "What you bomb?" He was like, "Hell yeah!" That's like, and when I was like, it, it, he it made him stronger, you know what I mean? But I was just like, you need that sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You need to be able to just bomb and just get it out the way. But by you being intimidated by somebody doing that up in front, I can get it in two years. But doing it as long as you've been doing it now, you would be like, that's the, the, the crowd right. Crowd oh, listen, yeah. I, I'm still competitive. Right. Right. I'm still really competitive. So like right. even like I don't I didn't play basketball at a high level. Right. But just playing basketball, you get competitive. So when I'm put it like this, I'm on, I'm opening for, you know, one or whatever. We in Philadelphia. Right. And I didn't make the Thursday show because of traveling, whatever. So another feature did it. And this will give me hype. Like I don't get like ah. Oh. So he tells me, Hey, the feature who featured for me yesterday is here. He said he's seen your set. He's like, he thinks, he think he, you're not that good, to be honest with you. And and this nigga's lying to me. Marlon's just lying to, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but something like that versus a set, because now it's like, oh, he did his thing. I'm literally just I'm not worried about it. But it, it for some reason, talking shit to me right. will still get me to be like, okay, bet. And I will zone in and process and change up the order because I'm trying to prove a point. <laughs> right. So, like, I'll get more, like, excited versus, like, I get more excited, like, okay, good. Like, I love D-Lay. D-Lay's one of the best yeah. performers in the country, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. If D-Lay's in front of me, you have no choice but to get your shit together. Right. 
Right. Because he going to come with energy. He going to come with all that. And you got to be like, and I'm, you know my style. And I ain't going to be that. So it's like, okay, I still got to right hook him. Like, even in, you know, because it just, you know what it is? It gets you more hype now. Right. Like, before right. you might get nervous, you right now, you're just like, mm, this is what we doing? Okay. Okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna work at that one joke right there. We're gonna put this here and like you go, it's like this. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna stack it like that. All right. I'm gonna I'll tell you what motivates me is when someone doubts me, but they doubt me not by verbalizing it, it's by their actions. Like um when I take for the first time to go on TV, when I got there, I was on the early show and it was four comedians and they had me go up first. Mm-hmm. And I was like I said, you sure this the lineup you want? Like that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, all right. And I was like, this is my first time going to be on TV. They're like, yeah. I said, there's like 10 minutes. I was like, yep. I said, I'm doing all closers. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I said. I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing all closers. Because I knew at that moment, like, they're not ready. So when I got done, the applause was so loud. They had to cut, stop taping, let everybody chill out, and then start over. <laughs> like like nice. they like they couldn't bring they couldn't bring the next person up because they were like all right we just gonna we gonna cut everything we gonna calm everything down and then whatever because they were just like the energy was too high and then the, like the people were getting up trying to go to the back whatever to come see me like say good job and they were yeah. trying to get the audience to come back come back and oh play. man and I was just like and the lady was like the lady was like wow that was amazing and the dude was like you should have went last I was like yeah like, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey I used to get like that now like. Just cause I, you know, I like to. I don't want to go as last. Now, like, put me, put me second or third, so I go home. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that too. That's a little bit of the. That's a little bit of age in the, in the game. You know, probably because I mean? you get there and you like, you get there and you be like, damn, it's nine. I'm last. Thank you, I appreciate it. But that means I'm not going up till ten twenty, and I'm in the spot for an hour and twenty minutes entertaining conversations. I'm spending, I'm drinking now, right? I'm in the back, right. having a couple beers. Right. Let If I'm going up at 10, 20, I just want to get there at 10. Right. Now, let me tell you, I mean, for some people that's listening to this that don't understand, you know, when you're in L.A. or you're in the New York, you know, stage time is a little bit different than you would have in a normal comedy club across the country. You guys get 15-minute spots, 10 to 15-minute spots, and they list that spot out. And the club is open, so people can come and go as they please, but y'all got call time. So y'all be like, all right, you at 1020, and the show started at 7. So you like you just going in, and you come in and do your time, and then you leave and go to another club. And a lot of people don't know that. People like people go to comedy clubs, they see three comedians, and those comedians there after the show and everything like that. You get there at 8 o'clock, the dude you saw at 820 ain't there no more. Yo, you know I'm I'm, now I'll call you, like, when I'm going up. So start at eight. All right, when I'm going up, excuse yeah. me, you get here about seven fifty. When am I going up? Yeah, nine ten. I will see you at eight forty five. Right. Oh, I need you to get at eight. If you would like me to show up, I will be there at eight forty five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, it, and it's funny. It's funny, man. It's like um, they want that control. They want. They don't want to have to run around and find comedians and things like that. And I get it. I get it. I'm just. I'm not, I'm not two years in, so you don't need yeah. me there at eight o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know how to do this. I'm a professional. I, I'm going to tell you what time I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there on that time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, out of, out, of, out of common courtesy, even when I'm headlining clubs, I show up early. But sometimes I show up to show my face and leave. Yeah. Like, I show up like I'm here. And they're like, all right. And I'll be like, I'll see y'all at showtime. And I'll just go somewhere else with it. You know what I mean? But 
you know, that that whole that whole being there early, call time and where you at. I'm like, dude, I'm last. Yeah. Y'all got two other acts before I even go up, man. I'll be there. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> Yeah. I don't like to sit there and be in a you know, that's my boy. Like if it's like all my boys, then it's like it's a kick it thing, cool. Right. But like just for like creativeness, like I don't want to be in a room for an hour and something and I'm not gonna go up. Like I realize if I, if I can avoid it, you know what I mean? Just because creatively it's like I'm sitting in here, like sitting in here. I like for me, I like to, you know, get there, all right, cool, and then kind of go up. You know what I mean? If it's like 20 minutes, all right, cool, but like an hour and some change, it's like then it's like you hype, you tired, you hype again, it's like you're still not up. It's like, you know what I mean? And when we did the uh when we did the NBC thing in Charlotte and we all had to sit in there as comedians and watch everybody set, that was brutal. Like right. I didn't want to sit in there that whole time. I think I didn't, you know what I mean? And it was just like this is I, I, this is almost like open mic. This reminds me of the days of open mic. Just sit here and watch people do their sets. You know what I mean? It was not something that I was uh, happy to do. You know what I'm saying? So um, let me, I'm, I'm going I'm to bring this up real quick. So I'm scrolling through my timeline yesterday mm -hmm. on Twitter. And, um, and, and I just happened to see this tweet you put up. And I'm going, no, he didn't, right? So, he, so you say, random. This was, this was your tweet. <laughs> random. The Eagles stink. And I was like, uh, yo, like, I was like, yo, yo, like, why? Like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, what did we do to him? Like, so I wore this shirt on purpose, number one. But number I two. See it. I can't see it. it just all right. So, that, so, oh, oh, now so, I see it. No. So, so listen, I'm asking, and, and this is why I was like, okay, but I respect this part of it. You're from Texas. Yeah. I'm assuming that you root for the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I can respect a person from Texas rooting for the Cowboys. Yeah. I can stomach you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, It's the cat from Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, <laughs> Chicago, and, and, and Miami. And I'm like, why are you rooting for the Cowboys? And those are the people that give you guys a bad name. Cause I, oh, like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Because, like, I grew up rooting for the Cowboys. Like, right. it was a thing as a Cowboy – Cowboy Nation. Right. And here's the thing. The only team – I said that tweet just because I'm an asshole, right? right. I saw <laughs> right. one, of my, one of my followers is from Philadelphia, and I just – he's a, a gamer, actually. He said something about the Eagles. Right. And so I was just like, fuck the Eagles. And just kept going. <laughs> and then Tyler Chronicles out of Atlanta, comedian, my homeboy, he was like, wow. And I'd be forgetting. I said, Tyler, that's your only fucking flaw is right. you're an Eagle fan. How are you in Atlanta? He's like, I grew up on the Eagles. And I just like to, you know what it is? If it's funny to me and it's going to cause like chaos out of nowhere, I'd tweet it. Right. Like, name me five Eagle wide receivers. And then right. people be like, ah! Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, I'll take the man. Like, yo, man. Like, like, I bet you remember the five receivers we had last year. We beat y'all the last game of the season. You know, like, you yeah. know. <laughs> I'm just antagonizing. It's funny. It's like poking a bear. It's funny, but we the worst – like, we the worst fans that try to get on the bad side because we'll come, like, we won't stop. And it's funny, even before we won the Super Bowl, we were still the same way. It was like, it's like this. Like. The Eagles, like, the city of Philadelphia, yeah. like, it's great for comedy, man. Like, it's dope, dope. Right. They booed Destiny's Child. They right. booed Kobe Bryant. Right. They, I remember them booing these niggas. And right. I was like, how y'all, like, how y'all booing Destiny, Sean? Because they, they had Lakers jersey, jersey on in the finals. 
So they came out there to sing the national anthem. Y'all thought these 20-year-old women, 21-year-old women was really over here picking sides? Yeah. They probably matched their shoes. But you in Philly <laughs> wearing the Lakers jersey. So we like, boo. <laughs> That's like, yo. <laughs> now they boo, boo Kobe from Philly. <laughs> boo, but Kobe was playing for the Lakers, though. So it's like, yo, dude, like, oh, we love, we love you, but yo, you got to go. Dog. <laughs> It's some it's a mindset, man. You gotta understand. It's crazy. Man. Kobe's like, oh, I'm coming home. I grew up around the corner. But <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny, man. It's like it's it's uh it's it, you gotta be there. You gotta be there. And I didn't know. It's funny. I didn't know boom was such a like a bad thing. Until I moved away. Like, I was like, why y'all don't boo? They like, hey, we don't boo people. Like, oh, my bad. No. Like, <laughs> no. 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 I was yeah. in a Clipper game, right? And I go to the Clipper games because they're cheaper than Lego games. And right. I want to see Kawhi in him. So, I was like, I go some Clipper games this year. One game, they started booing. Right. Like, boo, boo in the Clippers. It's like, you ungrateful motherfuckers. That's what I said. <laughs> like, y'all, like, and people start looking at me. I was like, y'all didn't have Kawhi last year. Y'all didn't have none of Paul George. Right. They probably tired because y'all are right. the best team y'all have had in years. Yeah. You, you unworthy motherfuckers. And that's, that's, why, just booing. that's why they'll never win it. It's like, we, I was to feel like we were cursed. I felt like the Eagles fans was cursed. Like, we were never going to win nothing. And then we had all, all right. we, we had all them good teams. And it's like when we finally won it, man, it's like all that stuff lifted off of me. And, and the people was like, yo, but you only got one. I said, dude, I don't care if we'll never win another one. Like I like I lived this whole season. I yo. hate it. I hated y'all won that one. Right. Right. Whatever become a cowboy fan. But I'll tell you this. Even as a cowboy fan, if y'all was gonna win one, just for me. Like Donovan McNabb, Terrell yeah. Owens, yeah. Yeah. y'all had Westbrook, y'all had Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, y'all had Deshaun Jackson when like he was a human. Like people don't give him a lot of respect, like his props. Yes, y'all remember the game where they said, "Do not punt to this man." Right. Do not punt to this man. Yes. And they punted to him, and he took it to the house. The house. <laughs> it was like the fourth quarter, and they punted to him, and he had to. They yeah. told you. Yeah. And we punted. They fired that kicker. I think. Yeah, we was. We was. We were 28 points down. Dog, y'all had a human highlight reel, and then Chip Kelly came in, asshole, got rid of all the great black players. And as a <laughs> Cowboy fan, you sit back and be like, you know, my loyalty to my team is like, damn, I, you know, I don't want them to win no way, but I don't want them to go out like that. Right. Like, like right. y'all traded y'all traded a running back who is dope boy, for, right. yeah. for, for the linebacker, the white boy. They end up going to Miami. Right. Kalinka, uh, 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 sorry, K. Yeah, uh, Kiko Alonso. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't dope or cool, but LaShawn McCoy, a valuable running back. You had all these great players, and you just dismantled the team to get fired to go back to college. Yeah. And your and college it, team he had now, they told him recently, we not practicing until you tell us a plan of how we're going to be safe. They told him, ain't none of us practicing. And so he right. like, uh. Right. Hmm. And it was, it was, here's the crazy thing. This is how we knew Chip Kelly wasn't right for Philly. He traded away LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso and then picked up Dallas's running back. I said, yo. Yeah. Are you crazy? Like, we don't pick up Cowboys. Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it was Michael Irvin. We don't want him. Not on this team. You know what I mean? It was like, mm -hmm. that was like a rule. That was rule number one. And then he ended up being a bust. And I was like, dude. 
And I think mentally he was like, damn, I was doing good. DeMarco Murray, right? Yes, DeMarco Murray. And, 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 then, and all of a sudden he just like started, it was like, damn, he, because before he, that was the Green Bay, the catch, everybody blamed T, uh, Dez Bryant on that catch. No one talks about is DeMarco Murray fumble when he had a yes. wide open lane to the oh, touchdown. Ball. Yes, and he sir. fumbled that ball. And that, that hurt us, but whatever. We'll, we'll act like the catch was the reason. <laughs> but, uh, but then I look back at it and I go, if it wasn't for Chip Kelly, we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Because all that had to happen in order for him to get out, us to pick up Carson Wentz, get that pick, and everything else happened. I like Carson Wentz. I, I hate the Eagles. It's funny that I like some of the players. It's just, I hate the Eagles. You know what it is? I don't hate the Eagles more than I hate like the Giants, like I could watch an Eagle game. The Giants, I've been in New York and and I'll see a giant hat, and I'm not in the gang, right? right? But when you see four <laughs> giant, when you see four New York giant hats, you immediately started to flex. Like, all right, we in here. Like, if anything happened, like, you know. No, it's funny. I don't. I don't like. It's not that I dislike the Cowboys. I dislike Cowboys fans. Like those I are the ones. Those are what would give me problems. But the fans that I can tolerate the most arguing from are Redskins fans or Washington football team fans. So I, I can deal with them because they seem to be able to – we can argue better. Like, they have points, I have points. Cowboy fan, you can argue with because they just going to talk over you. And then they're going to keep talking about I Super Bowls. I need this. Cowboy fans are annoying. Cowboy right. fans are – I can say this. Because not all of them are like this, but, like, Laker fans, I live in L.A., right? I have nothing really against the Lakers, but online, I talk so much shit because of Laker fans. <laughs> right. Laker fans only know championships. They don't know <laughs> basketball. Right. They don't know how to communicate about basketball. Right. Uh, and that's what makes me go so hard. I love LeBron James. Right. Like, the Lakers team is dope. You'll never catch me online saying they're dope because – I like to go at the fans because they don't know basketball. So I would right. literally like, what time Lakers play? Even time, every time they lose, I say, hey, well, on your fucking feet, what time do they play? <laughs> right. And I mean, and, it, and it's funny, like when you troll like that, you always go get somebody to bite. Like somebody's always mm -hmm. going to bite and you'd be like, all right, I got them. Let me reel them in. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just I got like, your attention. Yeah, I got your, <laughs> got your attention. So, it, so I was like, so what I was like, I was chopping it up with, uh, with LeVar last week. And he, we, your name came across because we were talking about like some of the stuff he's worked on and the fact that he got called to do the writing on uh, the Eleven Color reboot that never happened. Um, mm -hmm. And he was, he was like, man, it was so much, so many beasts in that room, or so many people that we were talking about. And your name came up, and I was just like, yo, I remember topping it up with that brother when, we was, when he was in Charlotte. When we went to the NBC thing, and it's like. I can't imagine what writing on something like that would have been like, or just the creative juices that might have been flowing around, or just the the ignorance that might have just developed just by all right, let's let's think of this skit, or let's think of this problem, let's think of this this funny uh, premise that that somebody came up with. You know what I mean? And you get paid for that. You know what I mean? Like like, like that's like <laughs> dog that that part in my like that whole in living color reboot experience uh -huh. was like dope uh -huh. you know and then it taught me a big lesson like to this day i don't tell people what i got coming out until it hits the screen yeah because when when we are we auditioned for that like i it was one of those things where i remember talking to chris spencer in the car i was like dude i'm about to test for a living color right and so anybody listening test is you audition you get a call back when you test is when you sign your contract that's what you're going to make per episode but you sign that before you you booked a part right so you get to you get there and you see I see Esau, I see Lil Rail, I see uh, a Lavar Walker, 
I see Kel Mitchell, uh, all these people. So we go in there, and I I know I'm there for Dear Heavenly Cuz, right? It's a character I do with Dear Heavenly Cuz. Keenan has saw me doing stand-up. Right. And I initially told my homeboy, I'm a, I think it was Tony, I forgot who it was specifically. I said, I'm a, I'm a submit to be a writer on Living Color. Right. And he said, why the fuck are you submitting to be a writer versus performer? And in my head, I was like, I'm 6'5", sketch artist. But, Nigga, did Dear Heavenly Cuz, boom. You testing for it, right? So you test in a room in Fox. It's nothing but white executives in there. And I'm like, dear heavenly cuz. Like it's, <laughs> it kills on like you laughing. The only person with your reaction is Keenan and a, a black assistant, like laughing at me. The rest <laughs> of the room was like, well, you don't get that. Right. And so I end up getting like guest star. Like they booked me. I'm at Delay House. My lawyer called me and I was like, I got it. Like I'm gonna be a guest star. Cool, cool. You get the set. It's told to us. They taking the old cast, the new cast. We merging them together. It's gonna be for the anniversary. We are gonna blend the cast. Damon Wayne Senior is coming back. Tommy Davidson, David, these people. So then you're like, oh, bet, okay. Now right. part of me competitive. I'm like, I'm not part of cast. I'm guest star. Cool. You know, it's whatever. Right. And then like, I'm telling my people back home, yo, I'm about to go on Living Color. My uncle had the money conversation with me. He was like. You're about to come into a lot of money. Right. I want you to be, I want you to be good. Yeah, they're all that combo. I'm, we shot Dear Heavenly Cuz. Best sketch to me I still shot was me. Damon Jr. was in it. Right. Lil Real played. The, all this shit was hot. Right. Didn't come out. Didn't uh-huh. come out. But to this day, it's like Jermaine Fowler was on there. He became right. me doing this thing. Lil Real was on there. Right. Like a lot of people, you know, doing anything. I've been doing my, behind the scenes. I've been writing a lot. You know what I mean? Everybody from that little group. That show didn't make it still sparse out and did their thing. But that bad in living color thing taught me not to get overly excited until it airs. Cause look, we came to work on like one day and was like, I remember there was like, ain't none of the old cast coming back. Look what you mean? It was some beef with something. And it's like, it's just us now. Okay. And that's just what it was. Like, all right. So then it was like, all right. But to get excited to think something coming out and listen, coming to the stage going to be on a new season of in living color. The reboot. People in the audience in Texas like, oh, nigga, he from Texas. He about to be on. And it right. never came out. You like Never hey. came out. <laughs> <laughs> and people people across the country don't understand that. They be like, you know, you know, powers that be said for whatever reason. They just think you lied to them. <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah. and it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy because I remember it was a lot of people talking about it. Like, you wasn't the only one. Like, I was listening to podcasts. I was watching interviews. People was talking about how dope it was going to be. I was hyped to see it. You know, people like, yo, why you ain't try out? I'm like, dude, listen, I know my lane, but I, improv and sketching, that ain't me. But I can't wait to see that. Now, dear heavenly cuz, that's hilarious to me. You would have been the next homie to clam. Like, you don't know. Like, you could have been walking down the street, everybody would be like, dear heavenly cuz. You know, like, man. <laughs> like, 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 oh, we, <laughs> man. That, that thing there, dog, like. Mm, mm. That was so much fun. We shot like four. I, shot, I think I was in four sketches. Right. You know what I mean? And listen, I would do all dog. That didn't come out. I literally remember going on auditions for other shows and the casting director would be like, you audition for Living Color. I mean, you, you're on a Living Color because like, you know, the trades come out. And I was like, yeah. Tell me about that experience working with Keenan. Nigga, they didn't even want to, the audition was like, oh, okay, great. People would, I would go on auditions and people would ask me about my experience. Yeah. About a living color. And I was like, yeah. like I was doing interviews and auditions. Like, oh, it was cool. You know, working with Keenan was great. Learning from Keenan, da 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 da. Okay. Like, y'all wanna read the scene? Yeah. 
and read it. One more question about living color. Like, all you niggas just, y'all could just, y'all could literally just text me. You should have talked about this. I learned these lines. I, I paid for a class. Can we yeah. do it? Yeah, that dude, that's so funny. But, you know, the greatness of that show, I think, I don't think it's going to be appreciated until one of them is gone. Because, like, people don't realize how, how many stars came off that one show. And it was, it was, I saw a clip today where they had um, Jim Carrey dressed up looking like Elder Barge and he was singing about a titty. And I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, like that was, and that was like later. That was like one of the later episodes. You know what I mean? It's like, I wish, I wish people would look at it living color and see how the characters had depth and see how you could take a character and put him in any situation he shined. And that would help, like, in the writing. It would help in your sketch now. Because sometimes people just think of one joke. One thing I don't do is a lot of Instagram videos, and they're doing great. And that's dope. A lot of people doing that thing. Sometimes I see, and it's just for me. You know what I mean? It's like you'll just have one joke or one punchline you're trying to get to, and you'll just waste one and a half minutes just to get to this funny line that you think is your your big, you know, send-off. But if you look at it in living color, it's layers upon layers upon layers of layers. And then I tell people, look, you could take homie the clown, you yeah. put him in a birthday party. You could put him in a waiting area at a restaurant. You could put him in the back of a cop car. You could put him everywhere, and you know what you're getting from homie the clown because he has levels of what's going on. But if you're just going for one line, then you you really selling yourself short. Like, learn if you're going to learn anything from a living color, knows how you could take these characters and put them right. anywhere and know you're going to get levels of funny versus, like, two snaps in a circle we took from that, but they were so much deeper than just that. It was so line. much deeper. Right. And it's like, yeah. I, I can think of any, I can think, think of any skit on there and think about the levels that you just explained. Like one of my ones that brings tears to my eyes every time I see a skit is the Buttmans. Like they were doing the Buttmans. They were <laughs> the and and, what, and my favorite cast member from that show of all time is David Allen Greer. Mm-hmm. And David Allen Greer walks in, and the face that he makes is is golden, <laughs> and it's already you're already laughing at a point because he's making a face. But then he says, "It smells like putting ass in here," and like I lose it every time. And I go, "But that was a buildup, and that wasn't even end to mm-hmm. the fit." But I'm going, "How'd you shoot that?" Number one and number two, <laughs> how many times did you have to shoot that? Because there's no way nobody kept a straight face doing that 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 filming. You know what I mean? They so, told me it's like when they do they when they did um like two snaps in a circle the book thing. They uh, Marlon was like, "Yo, so you have the scripted jokes that he know you're gonna say, and then you have extra jokes in your pocket that you want to pull out to shock him." And so it'll be like a boom. Oh, you coming with that? Then I got jokes in my pocket you don't know about. So now it's a game in the in the scene. Like and 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 you can watch them old clips like Martin in Living Color. Like you can watch the other character break. You and can watch it again. Yep. Yep. And that's because they zoning out. They, you know yeah. what I mean? It's but anyhow. You filming all day, you know what I mean? You gotta be able to so so tell me um how did and you've been doing you have been doing comedy for a while, and I know you hit the road quite a bit with uh, with Marlon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, who were you touring with before that? My first person I toured was uh, Tony Rock. Tony Rock, that's who. Tony, yeah, Tony Rock. Yeah. Tony. Tony taught me a lot. Tony. Yeah. We used to. Uh, I probably wrote the most with Tony. Yeah. Like on the road, Tony is. Uh, well, we would meet up in the room from like two to four, mm-hmm. and like. 
that was one of the first niggas I met, like, was thirsty like me. Like, he was more on, of course, more money, more experience, but, like, his hunger for, like, just stand-up. It's yeah. like, you know, we literally write for two hours. And then Tony was the first person to be like, look, you want to tell the joke? And he's like, then you want to put the psychology of what you're saying behind the joke, Sidney. He's like, so you can't just say something without explaining this is how, why you feel this way. Right. And so, look, Tony party a lot back in the day, like party, whatever. What people don't talk about is his smarts when it comes to like stand up. Right. Like he could literally take a premise and sit there and at lunch and just boom, 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 build it out. And I used to get mad. I'm like, you have so much more material than what right. you're showing. Like, you got other shit. Like, I would, it got to the point where I wanted to write his, like, not write his, but like organize, structure his set. Like, go this one, this one, this one, this one. Cause then your favorites, cause you've been touring with this nigga for like a couple of years and you see, right. you know what I mean? Like his penmanship. And then, like, I learned a lot because it's like, in the you know, and you go across the country, it's different rooms and the room sways. And I used to get mad, like, they're not listening. Da, da, da. Yeah, well. He'd be like, <laughs> they're not here to see you. He used to, I remember in Houston Improv, he told me, I was like, these niggas is over here talking. I couldn't get my last bit off because he said, Sydney, 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 Sydney. They're not here to see you. Right. That's just a real honest part of it. And I was like, right. when people pay to see you, they will shut the fuck up. But right now, you're in a position where, you're getting ready for the hell they came to see, so don't take offense to it. And I remember him getting on stage in the first 10 minutes, he's killing, 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 killing. And then he looked at me and said, Sydney, I told you. <laughs> like in the middle of the set. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and see, that's, that's the realest. Uh, Eddie Griffin said the same thing to me. Uh, I was working with him one time. They cut my time down to 10 minutes for a feature. They was like, you're only doing 10 minutes. And I was, was like, but you get paid the same. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, oh, why? And they're like, ask Eddie. Eddie get there. I'm like, how you doing, man? Nice to meet you. Da, 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 da. I'm blessed. I said, why only 10 minutes? He's like, honestly? He's like, yeah. I was like, they ain't here. He's like, they ain't here to see you. And he was like, but he said, I'm going to watch you 10 minutes. We're going to chop it up this weekend. We're going to have a good time. You got a credit to put on your, uh, your, your, your thing on at the end. You opened up for Eddie Griffin. He's like, and we're we going to rock it out. And he, so, <laughs> and I did my 10 minutes and I got off stage and he was standing back there with his drink. He was about to get on stage. He said, oh, he said, that's a good 10 minutes. Let me see a different 10 uh, next show. So I, I go up there, I do a different 10. After get off stage, he go, let me see a different 10. I do the next 10. Then after we did the third show, man, that dude was like, yo, you're a funny dude. And then and he just, and that's, and that's how it was for the rest of the weekend. You know what I mean? But I was, I was, I mean, sometimes that real, that realness that they got to have with you, it's like a mm -hmm. humbling experience, but it's like, hey, who, who are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm funny. You know what I'm saying? But you don't want, you want to show people. You know what I mean? I fucking, uh, I tell the story, but like, I remember opening for David Allen Greer before I uh -huh. met him. Right? And I, uh, I walked up to him on Thursday's show in the back of the Addison Improv, and I said, how you doing, Mr. Greer? He was like, I got his glasses on. He said, hello. I said, my name is Sidney Castillo. I said, man, I was born in California. I said, one of my first things I did, my first book report in third grade was, uh, on living, my TV show it was on Living Color. Uh -huh. I got in trouble for it, and he was like, "That's great." Okay. Right. <laughs> he's, he's like, "Nice to meet you," and I was like, "I was, you know, <laughs> sometimes you get angry, right?" I called Rodney Perry. I was like, "Hey, man, this nigga." Oh, so then hold up. So I, I that was my experience. Like, damn, I was affected. I looked up David. Damn, I go perform. I do well, and then when you come by the DJ booth, David is right there. David, he's like. You're very funny. And like that, and I said, and they brought him to the stage, and then he started, like, the next, he started speaking to me. Then I called Rodney Perry. I was like, hey, before the show, I feel like, 
And Rodney said, shut up, Sidney. He didn't know you. Yeah. He was like, and what if you're not funny? Now right. he got to spend a whole weekend with somebody who's not funny, who's going to try to talk about living color. Can right. he just see if you was funny first? And I was like, all right, good point. Yeah. And it was like, then he was the coolest person. He, like, he could talk to him. It's like Texas had like no state tax at the time. He was like, did you go shopping? He would start calling. I was like, oh, David, cool as fuck. Right, <laughs> you know right, I mean? right, 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 yeah. right. And it's, it's funny, man. It's like you, you, learn, those, you learn those things because uh, you think about it. You got to put yourself in their situation. You you walking into a green room. How many green rooms you walked into, and the host is like, "Oh, so I saw you on," and then you're like, "Oh, this dude will talk me to death." So it's like it's like you gotta remember where you were. So I know I remember like when I walk into green rooms and I'm walking in and like people are like, "Hey man, I'm your host." I'm like, "Hey man, we have a good time this weekend," and then like they start asking a whole bunch of questions. I'll be like, "Hey, we got a long weekend, bro. Let's relax." Here's my intro. Let's get through the first show first. Then I find out, and then I'm like, all right, let's chop it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what you doing after the show? I go smoke a cigar. You either coming with me or you ain't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I'm like. It's like <laughs> that's a good shit. I, I've, I've dealt with that, though. I've, I've dealt with a lot of uh, comedians. So so when you when you doing your comedy, you actually were in L.A. first. So you didn't mm-hmm. come up in Texas doing comedy. Mm-hmm. You didn't come. So you can't. Yeah, so you actually, well, hold on. You know what? I, I kid you. Oh, so when I first started, uh-huh. I say this like with so much like humility. Ali Sadiq is my big bro. Like I knew Ali Sadiq before I started stand up comedy. That's why I was about to ask. I was about to ask. Like, that's I'm my, about to ask my, my, that's like my brother. Like that's yeah. literally like he know my he knew my brother. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember 18 years old. Like you do comedy. Like yeah. When I was in L.A., I started, uh-huh. and I, I he was the only person, and I still I'm dog. I've been doing. I've, I feel like I've been successful. You know, I mean, I've had a good career. Yeah. I still, to this day, remember him bringing me on stage at the Houston Improv when I didn't have a lot of time, but he didn't care. He was grooming me. He would give me five minutes in front of 300 people. I would be nervous. He didn't care. It was other comics from the area in Houston who was like, why are you putting Sydney on? This dude is from Fort Worth, and he don't even do comedy like that. He's just starting. Lee, Lee didn't give a shit. Sydney right. going up. He growing. I come back three minutes later. I got a little better. It took Lee like three to four years. And for me, it was like a coach. I looked at it like a coach. Well, before he's like, hey, you funny. I remember calling my friend like Lee finally said I was funny. Right. right? And to me, that's what a lot of these young niggas, they want to be told they're funny so bad. But I was working towards like, like a, 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 what do you call it? Like, not just him praising me, but like he he gave me you was funny when I elevated and I I didn't you know what I mean and not gave right. it to me it's, too soon. It's, uh, you know what it's, I mean? and so it's you work being, for it. It's being uh being uh, recognized by uh, as a peer. So it's yeah. like uh, it's some very similar situation happened to me and I had Tone X on here. Tone X was like that guy, one of those guys for me because I was living in Charlotte. He was the dude, you know. He had been on stuff, you know. You know, you had him and DS and things like that. And I remember him coming up to me. Backstage, we were. I, I was in about three or four years in, and I was about to go up and do some time. And I had my notes with me that I was about to write down what I was going to do on stage. And he looked at the notes and said, "What's this?" I said, "This is what I'm going to do. I'm testing these jokes out." And he ripped a piece of paper up. Yo, I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop you. I've heard this kind of story from a couple of people, and they'd be like, "They ripped their paper up." And every time they said, "I'd be like, I probably was still on the headliner," right? Only because I'm so, I'm so nervous. I've heard this. I've heard my boys in the car, 
and da, da, da. and then like Tracy Morgan took his notebook and threw that side like you just gonna go over on top of your head, right? Like a lot of companies <laughs> do that. Dog, my, the way my anger is set up, I'm so nervous. I dare you to rip this shit up. This is my Bible right now, bro. I, right. I, I get what you're saying. Do right. not touch this paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But he he wanted it. He wanted me to not worry about what order I was going yeah. in. He was yeah. like, man, if you if you miss a spot, just keep going because I seen you yeah. before and you funny. And when he said that to me, it was like, yo, mm -hmm. don't think I'm funny. You know what I mean? It was like one of those things. You know what I mean? But that's that's dope because uh, I'm at least supposed to be on, on one of these coming up too. We just haven't been able to work the schedule out. But when I tell you uh, that whole Texas area, like Houston, got some beasts that's coming mm -hmm. up and. There was there was there was Chicago at one point that everybody out of Chicago was fired and Houston is getting that that rhythm. Hey dog, I used to hit Lee Ali and be like, dog, you gotta move out here. He's like, Sneak out of family. I was like, and you know me, I ain't no kid no I was like, come on, man, come on, you got a big bro. You can make it out here, dog. Like I'm starting to work now. Da, da, da. And then Lee, you know, from Houston shot his special, started doing stuff. Like I when he did his Comedy Central hour, then I didn't even cry calling him like bro, like you deserve this. Like, right. you know what I mean? You worked hard for me, Houston. Like, you know what right. I mean? You've been doing your thing. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, and it was good. And like, I, I, I feel him on that. Cause I mean, I got family. I got a family. I can't just up and yeah. go to LA. Say, I, I, I got a door. I can't just leave Sydney. Right. <laughs> that's some that's good stuff, man. I mean, that was, that was like one of the things, but when I see that dude work, I, I, I'm in, I'm in amazement. I just go, yeah, this don't make no sense. Like, it's just the the fact, the way you could tell a story. Um, and I, I don't consider myself a story comedian. Um, mm -hmm. I do have some stories, but not like that. Like, I, I can't get up there and just tell stories all day long. You know what I mean? Like, there's some punchlines, there's some jokes. And, and for you, who, who would you say, well, once this thing shut down, whatever, who would you say inspires you today? Like, who makes you, motivates you, like, to be better, or is it just self? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be real, and I ain't trying to get deep, bro. Yeah, like yeah. My, my my friends and then my personal experiences I've had in my life. Like I've lost my then this journey. Yeah. I've lost my dad, my brother, my mom had cancer. It's coming out of it, you know what I mean? Cool, mm -hmm. but like that to me, like I can't have gone through this and not try to like use that energy and dive into being great, you know what right. I mean? Right. And like, like when, before I go on now, it's an extra, like, you know, I had my brother when I first started, I don't. So now it's even a more of a like, like he's body, like all that deep shit, like you got to, you know, be great. You have no choice, you know what I mean? Right. But like, as another comedian, like a lot of people always say like, famous people, they always name famous people. And I'm gonna be honest with you, people that inspire me the most are people on the come up, like, that, you know, like delay. Right. Like, uh, ch like Chase. Right. Uh, like, uh, like Zaynab Johnson. Right. Um, like it's my peers who I've been, we've been working so hard and they continue to excel. And they, that inspires me more than like a Kevin Hart. Like Kevin right. inspired me when I first started, like in the two or three years in to watch his grind to watch. He's at a point now where it's expected he's doing great things. And that's dope right. for Kevin. Right. But to really inspire me, it'd be the people who are right beneath blowing up because you could see them in clubs. Like, you could see, well, like, when I say D-Lay go up before me at the Comedy Union, that's the man that make me be like, it's, it's go time, bro. Right. D-Lay's not going to shortchange himself. It's go time. So it's like, it'd be my peers, James Davis, 
It'd be yeah. my peers. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, that are doing some shit. And you'd be like, that inspires me to like, to do that. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. And you see so many people right on the cusp. Like we all be like right there. And once you yeah. get it for a while, it's almost like it could happen to anybody. And if it happens, mm-hmm. you're not surprised. The yeah. world is surprised because they're like, where this person come from? But all of us be like, man, that dude been grinding for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if a month from now, they'd be like, yeah, Sydney got his own show. I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like one of those things or whatever. Especially when you, like, it's just people you know. And they don't have to be in L.A. or New York. It could be somebody, like, in a Houston or somebody that's in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Charlotte or Chicago or whatever. It's just like, yeah, that person. Oh, what's my man name? I can't think of his name. He gonna, it's a young comic I've never met, but only on Instagram. His name is Shikari something. He's from Baltimore, I believe. Shikari? Like, Shikari, is that his name? I, you said Shikari. I, I think he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. He inspires me. Never met him because he loves stand-up so much. And he'll right. hit me and be like, hey, bro, what about this? And he'll be like, hey, bro, they finally finna let me uh, perform. And then over the months, he's like, hey, bro, I'm finally headlining. Then he sent me a video like, bro, I did it. Like, shit like that. I don't know him. I ain't never met him. But he's like, I got my first audition for something. Like that inspires me because I'm like, damn, he really like he young, he going for like yeah. that is like yeah, like that excitement to like keep pushing. Like I hope he never lose that. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he be hitting me on some like to let me know levels where he's achieving. But it's like that I'm inspired, bro. Like I hope you become the next next nigga. Right. It's just because you love it so much and you trying to be great. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. You like I said, because you can run into some people in this business that. Yeah that'll be so depressed over stuff. You'd be like, man, what the hell's wrong with you? You know what I mean? So there's something else that happened right before the pandemic with you was, uh, you got married. Yeah, I got married. So, so that was that was like, a, so here's the thing. Oh, like most comedians are like, dude, what are you doing? Cause you know, I mean, I, I was married and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just don't work. A lot of, a lot of comedians can't, can't stick in it. But it's like, um, Cause they tell you don't don't date a comedian, don't marry a comedian. We just so wow, we our mm-hmm. mindset is different. But um, I I think I ended up opening for DC Curry because of your wedding. I, so I was in DC Curry was in uh, Raleigh. BT, BT, BT usually opens for DC Curry. So they called me, was like, Bliss. I was like, what's going on? He's like, man, can you come to Raleigh? I'm like, why? They're like, we need you to open for DC Curry. I'm like, why? They're like, "Uh, it's it's open. They can't get here to the next day. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, BT is this opening. What the hell? BT ain't getting a ticket like that, right? So I'm tripping, right? So I'm like, because I'm mad because I know BT, but I'm like, this nigga's borderline asshole. How are you making on time? He missed a flight or something. I'm coming up with all this shit. So I'm on my way up to Raleigh and I get to Raleigh and I'm looking at my Twitter and I was like, oh, city got married. Like that. I was like, okay, I was like, I said, I said, oh, I'm about to be. And then so it was funny because I did this, I got to do something that I normally don't do, which was open up for DC Curry, which was good because I got the chance to chop it up with the brother, whatever like that. Yeah. I kind of felt like, I don't really feel like I'm in place right now. Like, you know what I mean? So I go there and do yeah. my thing. And uh, DC's like, dude, you funny. I was like, man, I appreciate that, man. I was like, but I know BT, you do. So I was like, when you see him, just, you know, punch him real quick for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dog, I get, listen, my wife to this day would be like, like me and BT played a game together. Yeah. You know, like, he like, and he made me mad on the game. Yeah. And, you know, we just talk shit. Like, man, BT on my nerves. My wife like, uh-uh, that's a BT that came to the wedding. BT, at, <laughs> like, I always have, have love for BT because that man came by. I didn't think he was coming. Yeah, right. I'll come. I'll come. I'm like, all right. Came by himself. 
Right. Went, and it was like, what's up? I was like, you really came? Like, I was shocked. The BT yeah. was like, yeah. I was like, where are you staying? He's like, I don't know. I got to get a hotel and hotel tonight. So he was looking for hotels and hotel tonight. My mama was like, you tell that boy he not going to no hotel. He going to sleep right there on that couch. And we going to make him some food in the morning. Right? Right, right. I was like, BT, go stay with us. He's like, you shut? Yeah. Okay. BT was like, when you're getting married, you know, you're a little nervous about certain things. You know, everything going right. BT, like I had my boys in the forward. BT was like right there with all of them, like on my way to the wedding. I was like, man, I want something to drink. What you need? He was like, what you need? I'm here for you. Like a, as yeah. a service. Yeah. And like, I, I, I will forever remember that. Like yes. he was like, I said, I would like, uh, like something to drink. He's like, no worries. He went and got some Jack or like some liquor that he brought back for the groomsmen. He's like, you need anything else, brother? And it was like some, some shit, you know, you don't forget. And yeah. I was like, BT will always, like, I might talk shit in the game. He might make me mad. I can never really be mad at BT Kingsley. Right, right. You and feel I, me? Because the right. yeah. And y'all, yeah. and y'all, y'all, uh, y'all do, um, y'all on Call of Duty because y'all play mm. with uh, Burpee and and them yeah. on Warzone. So yeah. I play Call of Duty, but I always play Team Deathmatch. Like I don't really get in the Warzone joint because yeah. I don't know what the hell be doing. I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'll be like, I'll be jumping yeah. out the plane too fast. They're like, no. <laughs> yeah, like. <it's> like <laughs> <laughs> it's a way of life now. I'm going to bed till like she know. If I ain't the best at it, but it's something to do. It gets you off like thinking about other shit. You know what I mean? A little therapeutic. And then you get back to work. But in the middle of the night, shit, we got to kill people. It's a war right. zone. Right, right. It's war zone. I, I like playing it. It's just like mindless behavior. I just be able to zone out and do what I got to mm -hmm. do or whatever. But like I said, it's like it's a good break. But I have jumped on there before and I BT had been on there, I think, uh, uh, Oots been on there and a couple other oh, yeah. cats or whatever, and then like I'll get on there. But see, I always go back to my call it uh, my uh, team deathmatch, so I'm out there just running, killing people. They're like, dude, we over here. I'll be like, oh, all right, I'm like a mile away. I'll be like, I'm like, I'm back over there. <laughs> and they be good. Some of the people be good at games. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not the best, but it's entertaining. Like Isaiah, Isaiah Kelly, yeah, he'll get you mad. Like he's like, like are you a little gamer? What the fuck's wrong with you? Like he's good at all the games. Right. Some of them, right. like, it's, it's a community I'm finding out about. So then he's like, all right, bet I'm gonna try to make some money off of it. I didn't right. signed up on Twitch. I found out once you get so many followers, people could pay you on Twitch. I'm like, oh well, then let me set this up. Let me get set this up because I I'll, I'll go make some money off this. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I can get on Twitch, but see, I'm I'm that ticked off person. I can't I can't. So people be like, you can't. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, I can't well, though. Like, they ain't going to never find me. They ain't going to never find me. You know what I mean? So that's like the good thing, man. Hey, I um, let me see. The weather getting bad here. I'm going I'm to finish this up real quick. Um, I usually uh, end my podcast, or I, I like to end my podcast with, like, uh, you ever remember watching the uh, Actors Guild studio with James Lipton? And he would ask yeah, yeah. a series of questions, right? So yeah. I remixed a little bit. So I'm going to go, go. Ahead and rock with that. What's your uh, favorite word? Boom. Boom. Yeah, that's <laughs> Every time I hear that word, I think of training day. I do it when I'm, if I'm like directing a sketch or I'm explaining something. If you know me, like James knows me and my boy Chris back home, Chase, but I'm like, boom, then boom. All right, so then if you get the camera here, boom. Come in here, but your energy got to be like, boom. And then, like, if you know me, cool. But if James one time was like, Sydney, what? They don't know you. You just said boom seven times. Right. I was like, sorry, sorry. But I'll say boom. Yeah. Right when I'm done having sex with my wife, I'm like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but boom, my favorite word. All right. Uh, what's your least favorite word? Can't. Can't. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So I have a slogan I use on stage called TTBS. TTBS stands for anything and everything. You have absolutely no control over your life. That's that bullshit. That's basically mm-hmm. what it stands for. What's that's that bullshit to you? People. Mm, you ready? We're going to get the date. Yeah. People that think black on black crime is a real thing. Crime is, crime is crime. So that's that bullshit whenever, and, and I love LaVar, that's my boy. I'll call LaVar, like have a conversation because I love him, like that's my friend. So like, you know, we have conversations off Instagram, right? To me, that's that bullshit, not just, but when you, when you try to put black on black crime and then act like it's not just crime. You don't say white on white crime. You don't right. say any of that, it's crime. When you have people that's in an area that's impoverished across the world, Steve not just America, yeah. any world, they will have more crime because there's more poverty there. Right. You understand? So right. when people try to make that point to be like, where's Black Lives Matter? That like gets under me a little bit. It's like, there's so many organizations that you don't want to find the name of, you don't want to look up that march that have about the community. Black right. Lives Matter specifically for police. So right. when people don't want to understand the two of the difference, that's that bullshit. Yeah, that's 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 it, man. Like, like love Lavar. That's my boy. We'll yeah. fight for Lavar. If <laughs> I saw somebody coming up on Lavar, I would put hands on them people. I disagree with him on that point. Yeah, and but you hear the crazy thing about it. As grown men, I believe that we can also look at it from because I can see his side of it. I see your side mm-hmm. of it too, and I can see where both arguments is coming from because it's coming from two different places. It's coming right? from love, though. He wants the shit to stop because he loves black people. Absolutely. Like, like I, I love that. That's, I love the boy. I just think the message is you cannot say black on black. Black crime. on black crime, right? It's it's so much difference. Yes, dude. Is there a problem with violence? amongst uh, my, the black community. I think it's a problem amongst violence amongst the world. Right. You know what I mean? And black, and you can't act like black people invented violence. Right. We, white people invented violence. Right. White people have the, pro, like, oh, let's, let's not even get into that. Right. But I'm, so what I'm saying is, I don't like when people try to put, like, that's that bullshit is, black on black crime and justify a bunch of other shit. Right, right. Utilize it to go another direction with the argument. I got you. Don't get me on my Sydney X type shit. Not, Not right man. now. Not right Clean now. Clean that, that shirt. <laughs> Clean that soapbox off. Hey, what, what, all right, so what the opposite of that is, uh, what's the shit to you? The grind. Right. Like the shit to me, dog, is when people start booking. Like the energy of like grinding, grinding, and having that moment where you can call your family and be proud. Right. And that's going to happen throughout your career. Right. right. But those moments, like, like those are important. Like Tony used to be like, man, I don't know. I said, I don't know if I'm going to get this job. I said, I shouldn't think like that. He goes, no, nah, man, get excited. These moments are dope. It's why you chose this industry. Right. right? It's for those moments. Right. So like that still gets me excited when like you book something or like you're close to booking something. It's like, that little, you know, two days of like, it's still like, you know, it just, it feels good sometimes. I ain't gonna absolutely. Happen. Absolutely. Um, so if I had to introduce, next question, if the next, if I had to introduce you to the world, mm-hmm. I had to introduce you to the world and go, yo, about to bring this guy to, to introduce you guys to everybody, uh, Sidney Castillo, uh, what's your oncoming music? Texas from the South, and Louisiana from the South, <laughs> Texas from the South, the South Side, South Side, yeah. South Side, the South Side, yeah. Uh, that's the South it. Side come through, South that's Side. It. 
Yeah. Now, I got to bring this up. You did something during the pandemic that I would think was probably the, one of the most creative things that I saw you do, and that was when you started doing the karaoke. When you did the karaoke nights, and that was like, dude, that was so funny. I was on that joint that rolling, because some people took that joint way serious. Like, yo. Man, that's why I tell you, have a good time. I haven't done it in a while because all the stuff that was happening. Right. He's like, are you going to do karaoke again? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. But listen, I tell people, I don't care if you can sing. I don't care. It was a good time, time. man. It was needed, though. It was funny, man. So, okay. All right. So when when the the world ends, when everything is over with, your time is up on this earth and you walking out, what's your outgoing music? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shoot. Uh, 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 uh. So my dreams come true. If it's time to bury the game and say, yeah, I do. <laughs> you, you gotta trust me with a clear out <laughs> yeah. The dream the is all the things That's gonna be my outro music. When it's all said and done, curtain closed, the halo. Dreams and nightmares from Big Yeah, that's it. That was our wind song. When we came down, she's like, let's go. All of 2017, that's all I heard, man. That was right. So if there was any profession that you would do other than what you're doing right now, what would you take a stab at? That's not entertainment. It would probably be coaching yeah basketball yeah yeah that's dope. only because like for me like i didn't i didn't play at a high level right but mm-hmm. i feel like sports teaches you so much about yourself right it teaches you like if you get down to fight because you could still win right it teaches you like poise it teaches you just like a will to win like you know what i mean it getting told no not getting it's a bunch of shit two minutes down you're right. down by 10 you can still win like psychologically it t- sports teaches you a lot Right. So I would love to influence kids, you know what I mean, right. on some more, more of a deeper level, sports, and then they can use that, what they learn, into real life. Right. Like, I, I didn't go to D1 school. I went to junior college. I was paying for But from eight to whatever I was playing hooping, I could still use that mentality in what I do now. Yeah. So. My kids are probably the most disappointed that sports is not happening right now. Like, they're 12, mm-hmm. and, like, they're distraught that they weren't going to be able to play basketball this year. So I was like – what you gonna do? You know what I mean? Y'all got eighth grade. You know what I mean? Like work on your game. Yeah, work on that's, your that's all they doing. That's all they doing. Working on their game. So you know that's the things that's going on. But yo, man, hey, I appreciate the time, man. Appreciate you uh, dropping on my podcast with me. Um, I'll post. I'll post this up um, either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'll tag you on all this information or whatever. But appreciate, appreciate you, you having me, man. Yeah, this in the building. For what? No, thank y'all for listening. Forward Texas in the building. Live your dreams. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Uh, that's Proverbs 14, 23. Always have a plan. Make sure God's part of your plan. Uh, other than that, man, stay blessed. Stay up. Man. No doubt, man. Hey, appreciate you, man. And I'll, I'll bring you back on soon, man. All right, babe. Much love, right. bro. Peace.